A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Home Run Retirement Planning, the conversation today, how some of the basic principles of baseball can also help you score financial runs. That's the topic of conversation on the Retirement Toolbox with Scott Searles, financial advisor and president at Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area, also with an office down in Bradenton, Florida. You can find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. I'm Walter Storholt. Scott, good to be with you today. What's going on? You know what, Walter? Before we started on my show notes, I had to write the word guardians because I would refer to my favorite baseball team as the Cleveland Indians throughout this whole show because I still say it all the time because they changed their name to the Guardians. I still mess it up. totally forgotten about that. Yeah. See? Yeah, so we have the Cleveland so Guardians wait, So now. when you say Go Tribe now, what do you, you can't say Go Tribe to end the show anymore. Go well, gar- I'm still going to say Go Tribe to okay. end right. the show because I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if we can say that or not. Like I don't, what's the other shorthand you know, of, of Guardians? Because Tribe is know. the shorthand of, the, of Indians, but what about Guardians? We're all getting used to it, right? I mean, I, go, go Guard? That doesn't sound right. That sounds weird. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go. I, I, I don't know, but uh, I'm just trying to not call them the Indians anymore. So uh, I'm just trying to switch over gradually to the the Guardians here. Well, um, go Guardians. Uh, we'll we'll just have to try right. and, try and work that into vocabulary a little bit more. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and now with uh, the the Washington Football Team, we just were starting to get used to calling them that. Right. And now they're going to be, what was it, the Commanders? Is that what they settled on for them? Yeah, yeah. Commanders, okay. Yep. Did you like the Commanders? Did you like that pick? You know, I, I don't I don't really like any of them. I don't okay. like the Guardians. I'm the old school, just, you know, and I get, you know, that some people are offended and times are changing, but sure. you know, I just like the old names, you know, it's... Well, that Nostalgic tradition and, yeah. and it's just what you're used to for many years and change can be hard. Also, Guardians, Commanders, both kind of sound like minor league team names yeah and and maybe it's because we're not used to them right i mean mm-hmm. i the indians are one of the first baseball teams out there and uh you know one of the the, the founding teams of baseball and uh they've always been the indians so you know it's a hard switch well in any event we won't have to really know the team names on today's show as we talk about baseball principles and financial planning cuz these things would apply to any team that was participating in uh you know in our financial planning examples here so i think this is going to be a lot of fun on the wait, show wait, today scott wait walter i've got pages and pages of baseball stats here i thought we were going to do a sports talk show today well i mean we can get as sportsy as you want to on the show um we'll, we'll do a little bit of both we can get sports statsy <laughs> and uh and then we can also get uh more higher level financial how about we dabble in both a little bit Okay. Okay. I really don't have stats in front of me. Okay. So just right. so don't try to quiz me because I will fail. I was going to say your show prep looks different than mine. If that's the case, <laughs> I have to go back to my sports casting days and uh, get back in the mode of making up, you know, uh, my game sheets and that sort of thing. But, yeah, that's that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've been out of practice for a little while, but I'm sure it would come back to me. 
Uh, so we're going to talk a little baseball on today's show. We're also going to talk about movies, and um, we've got a great question that we're going to cover from Doug, who doesn't like his 401k investment options. And so we're going to look at some other things that Doug can be thinking about there. But let's start it off with that baseball talk. So after listening to today's episode, by the way, you may never go to another baseball game and view it the same way uh, again, because we're going to show you how some of these basic principles can also lead to financial success in your retirement portfolio. We've grabbed our peanuts. I think you've got some Cracker Jacks on you, Scott. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. I'm playing with the toy right now. It's a little tattoo of a of a boat. Nice. Yeah, oh, yes. perfect. One of those ones that like lasts for two or three days. And, exactly. Oh, yeah, perfect. Then it starts to like morph and look a little weird after after another day or two. And <laughs> that's that's right. Can't figure you out what it was. If you can't shower for two days, it'll be gone. That's right. Yeah, it'll disappear. All right. So one of the things that I remember learning very young, uh, as a you know very young baseball player, was that it's not all about home runs. And that mentality really gets kind of uh, talked about at all levels of baseball, even right up to the pros, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you mean you, you start talking about you know teams playing small ball, getting you know just getting those singles, getting those singles, and eventually that run comes home. That's right. Uh, and sometimes when we go for hitting those home runs, you tend to strike out a lot, and that can be you know detrimental to the team. Um, and it, you just find that teams most of the time are winning with what they call small ball, right? Just getting those singles and doubles and not worrying about always yep. hitting the home runs every time they come to the plate. Yeah. And then when we talk about financial planning, it's the same thing. You don't have to hit those big home runs. You don't need, now it's great to get a home run. Everybody cheers. It's fantastic. You get to run all the way around the bases, but you know, by simply just hitting those singles, doubles, having a few uh, sack flies in there, some steals, you know, you're eventually going to get to your goal, which is scoring a run. So in financial planning, singles and all those things are much more predictable. We can predict those. It's easier to count on getting singles and, and doubles and maybe occasionally an home run. But little by little, you, you just work that small ball and you're going to get to your goals. So it's the same thing. You don't have to take as much risk to go swinging for the fences every time you go up to bat. Because, you know, if you just bunt and you get on base, that's the same thing as getting a, you know, getting a, a hit or, or walking. You're getting to the base. And with financial planning, if you're not trying to hit that home run, you just get those nice singles, you're going to get to your goals. Fantastic. And that's a great one to start us off with. So baseball principle and financial principle, number one, it's not all about the home runs. Number two, Scott, it's not all about appearances either. And we kind of come to this one by thinking about that movie Moneyball, which I know you and I have talked about here on the show before, mm -hmm. Scott. Um, it was obviously a book first made into a movie, won a bunch of Oscars or got nominated for a bunch of awards. And it told the story of Billy Bean and the Oakland A's method of building a team. You want to recap us on kind of what the premise is? Yeah, the whole idea is that when Billy Bean was doing this is he was the first one to start to look at, at drafting and signing and developing these players that were based on his advanced analytics and his data. So he would look at all these specific numbers of these kids, and maybe they didn't look the part, and other teams were passing up on them. But Billy Bean saw the data, and he would draft and sign these players and develop them into outstanding, outstanding players. 
Love the movie and the book, by the way. Go watch it, read it if you have not. Um, even if you're not a baseball person, just interesting analytics, stats, data, how all that's used and how it sort of like changed the game a little bit when, when this whole thing happened, even to today. And it's now really kind of made its way into other sports too. The NFL changed how they were looking at data and different analytics and things like that. So um, really interesting to see how that changed everything. So what about in financial and retirement planning? Why would we say it's not all about appearances there? Well, you know what? There's a lot of big companies out there that you know have all these TV commercials, these nice fancy brochures, these taglines, and all these things that are meant to fool you into thinking that, hey, you know what? This is the product. This is the way I should be doing it. The reality is, is that numbers never lie. When you analyze and you look at your situation, everybody when they analyze and look at your situation is going to come up with pretty similar results. I mean, variations, of course. But when you look at the numbers, you can take out emotion and greed. You you can say, hey, if we do this and we earn this return with this probability, we'll be able to get to here. So having that plan that's math-based is going to always be your best chance to be the most successful in your retirement. So just like Billy Bean did, looking at those numbers and then relying on those to get you to where you want to go, not the nice shiny brochures and the fancy commercials. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good uh, point to make there. It's not about the look. Got to see what's under the hood and really analyze it from there. The one story I really uh, remember and that resonated with me was uh, well, there were two of them, right? There was the one with the pitcher who threw funny. And so teams just overlooked him and never wanted him to, you know, join their team. And, and he was underpaid severely just because he looked funny, even though his stats were that of a much higher caliber pitcher. And just because he didn't look good, they mm-hmm. ignored him. And then there was the hitter that was the same way, right? The, he was kind of short and squatty and a little bit overweight. And, and he kind of stood like a duck or something about his uh-huh. stance, I think. Yep. And they were just like, it doesn't look like a baseball player. Why would, why would we hire him? And that's the kind of guys that Billy Bean went out and got and put them to good use because of their stats. So Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Good stories. All right. Uh, there's this thing in baseball called a five-tool player, and they are rare, and they're very valuable when you find those five-tool players. Um, there's maybe, what, uh, only a couple of them in the league right now, mm-hmm. really? Is this the o- Otani kid that we hear about a lot? He's, he's a five-tool player, right? Yeah, I would say yes, Absolutely. Um, and so what are those five tools that those players bring? Why, why is that such a big five things? So, I mean, it makes an all-around awesome baseball player. So first you've got running speed. Then you've got arm strength, hitting for average, hitting for powers. So he hits the singles, doubles, plays small ball, and then he also hits home runs. And great out in the field, real high fielding ability. So those are what baseball considers a five-tool player. So then on the financial side, it's not so much a five-tool player that we're looking for, but are there sort of at least five goals or five things we want to accomplish that we can kind of structure in a similar way? Yeah, it's kind of the five foundations of a strong retirement or financial plan. Number one, emergency fund. We talked about that last episode when we talked about everybody needs to have that emergency fund, that money you can just run and grab if the roof blows off the house kind of money. It's not going to earn you much interest. It's going to be collecting dust in the bank, but you need to have that. 
So that would be the first one. The second one would be a regular income stream, good, consistent income that's going to be able to, to help you fund your retirement and live the retirement you've always dreamed of. Next, I'd say long-term growth. And this is the big inflation fighter. You know, we're starting to see inflation coming into the system, you know, inflation getting up around seven plus percent. You need to grow your funds to make sure you outpace the cost, the rising cost at the grocery store. Because 10, 15 years from now, if your grocery bills up X percent, you need to have grown your money X percent. So you have the same purchasing powers you do today. Then we'll, we'll throw in their you know, healthcare and long-term care coverage. Healthcare is, is something you definitely need to plan for because it's going to be one of the larger expenses in your retirement. And in long-term care, I tell everybody that I meet with and every financial plan that I do that we need to have some type of strategy for long-term care. We can self-fund it, buy insurance, whatever we need to do, but we need to think about it and have a conversation about it because it could wreck all of you know, your retirement aspirations if, if the first spouse goes into a uh, a long-term care facility and all the money that was going to be used for retirement for that surviving spouse or the spouse not in the facility goes to that nursing home. So you need to have that core foundation taken care of too. And then lastly is a legacy plan. People tell me, hey, I'm going to bounce the last check on my way out the door. Well, nobody does that. You never know when you're going to go. Everybody's going to die with an estate. You may have $10 left or $10 million, but you know, even if you got $10, I'm sure you'd rather give that money to a charity or your children than give it to the federal government. So you need to have a legacy plan, something that's laid down. And, and those are what I would say would be the five tool financial players to building that strong financial foundation financial plan. So you're, you're, you're a five tool retiree if you, if you kind of knock through those five different elements. The five tools on the retirement toolbox. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Why didn't we make that connection? <laughs> Perfect. All right. We brought it full circle through baseball, retirement planning, back to the toolbox. I love it. That's uh, right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let's get one more comparison between baseball principles and financial and retirement planning. And there's a thing in baseball called fielder's choice. So I'll make this last one. Advisor's choice. You get to pick the final advisor's comparison. Advisor's choice. Yeah. Boy, you're putting pressure on me here, Walter. <laughs> Well, you're no, a baseball you know, guy. You should be able to handle that pressure. I yeah. do. You know, you know what? I keep thinking of the 2016 World Series, the Cleveland Indians, and they're they playing the Cubs. So throughout that whole series, Terry Francona, the manager of the Cleveland Indians, started doing something that a lot of people were, were like, whoa, this is crazy. And then he started using Andrew Miller, who had his best year ever in baseball. He was unhittable as a pitcher. And instead of using him as a closer, he would bring him in sometimes in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning as kind of like a middle reliever and have him go for several innings in the middle of the game. So if I were to say this last choice would, would be the, the manager substituting, changing out players because, you know, whether you're switch hitting and they're, the manager's going to switch out somebody, uh, because he bats better from the left against this pitcher. Again, using the analytics and the matchups, right? You know, when you equate that to financial planning, when you start and you have a financial plan, you're going to need to modify and change it. 
So you're going to have to maybe change your investments out. You're going to, because tax laws change, you may need to change, you know, whether you're going to do a Roth conversion. That financial plan is always changing throughout your life. Just like a baseball game, the managers need to make switches and changes throughout the game. So that would be my uh, advisor's choice. I like it. I think that one's a good fit and uh, a great way for me to then tell folks if you need that manager, that advisor in your life to help you make the right choices and changes to your financial plan, you can certainly touch base with Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group. And again, you can get in touch by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. And you can also go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com or the easiest way of all, talktoscott.com to schedule a time to meet right from your smartphone or computer talktoscott.com. And we'll link to all that contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. It's getting to know you time. Well, Scott, you hit a home run in that last segment. So thanks for walking us through uh, some of those great baseball comparisons. And I think if you weren't fired up for the season already, you, you now will be. So. Well done, my friend. Absolutely. You'll never look at the game the same way, though. You'll be watching a baseball game now, and you'll be going like, oh, so that that double play was just like X, Y, and Z in my financial plan. You'll start drawing all these analyses and comparisons. Hopefully that doesn't ruin the game for you. When you when you see somebody bunt, you'll be like, "Hey, you know what? Small ball, getting Small little ball. steps to get to this plan of scoring a goal." There it is. I'm I mean, sure we could run. I'm sure we could come up with all sorts of stuff, like the the, the comparison Absolutely. of a sack fly and a foul ball and uh, the umpires and strikes and strikes balls and strikeouts and all sorts of things. So, in dollar hot dog day, how do we come up with? Oh, a, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a food budget in retirement, you know, you still got to. There you go, food budget. Yeah, sometimes you got to get the dollar hot dog, and sometimes the $8 nachos are okay to go get. We we went to a game last year, and my 13-year-old daughter, she was 12 then, I got a picture of her holding 10 hot dogs uh, because it was dollar dog day. They really had dollar dog day? Oh, my god! Oh, we have dollar dog day at at Progressive Field all the time. Oh, that's great. So it's dollar dog day, and uh, literally – you know, you're allowed to buy 10. So I bought 10 and I put them all. She's holding 10 hot dogs. I took a picture of it. It was so cute. That's awesome. But, I mean, yeah. compared to what a normal day would be for how much a hot dog would cost. Oh, yeah. And you should buy the they, 10 hot dogs and then just bring them all to the next game and then sell them <laughs> for 3 or $4 a piece because they're probably, what, like 5 or 6 bucks a hot dog? Well, so they do. Day? Well, Dollar Dog Day, they have skinny down dogs, so they aren't like the full oh, big. Okay. They're a little, they're a little smaller hot dogs, okay. But so there's you the know, catch. You, you yeah. kind of got to rip the bun off at the end, and then because there's a lot of excess bun, right? And uh, okay. Put some stadium mustard on there and and make it seem know. like it's bigger than it is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, Cleveland used to have the. Uh, Ten cent beer nights too, until that started to become a problem. And I could see, I could see that being a lot more problematic <laughs> than the dollar hot dog days. That was that was a long time ago. Yeah, I could see that one being a slight issue there, just just a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the sounder that we heard moments ago was the indication that it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better. Although I feel like we did just get to know you about the dollar dog days. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, let's talk movies. A throwback to when we used to have the movie and TV show segment here on the show. Uh, what movie will you always stop to watch if you just happen to come across it on TV or maybe one of your daughters is, you know, has it on and you're walking by and you're like, oh, I can't, 
I can't not sit down on the couch and now watch the rest of this movie with you. Yeah, so I, you know, there are several, and they're they're all kind of series, and they're all kind of the same. I kind of like that spy vigilante kind of show. So, you know, the John Wicks, the Born Ultimatum movies, and the um, Jack Reacher movies. Oh, okay. Those are the three. If I see one of the John Wicks, for sure, John Wicks are probably the number one. I've on the never list. seen John the John oh, Wick shows. Are they? You are it, totally missing out. Really? He, okay. Keanu Reeves kills more people in thirty seconds than most <laughs> than most militaries do in twenty years. Okay. I mean, he, he just uh, yeah, he's just a beast. So action packed. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good. John Wick. He's a uh, he's a paid assassin. And they work for these underground crime organizations. And the bot, basically, he got out because he found himself a woman. And then his woman dies. And his, his only attachment to his wife was the dog that she gave him. Well, then some guy steals, you know, once his car, he's got this, uh, oh boy, it's an older Mustang. And, uh, once his car and, Breaks in his house, steals the keys, kills the dog, and then John Wick is back in the game, boy. And he is after everybody. They, they good should, movie. They should not have done that, it sounds like. Nope. Okay. Well, good. I'll check those out. I mean, I'm a big fan of like the Mission Impossible series, so it sounds like movies in that same vein. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nice. I'll, I'll have to add that to the list and get a good action movie in here one of these days. If uh, Con- Connie's gonna like action movies, you're gonna have to watch it when she goes to bed. Or I know she really liked the. Um, we haven't seen all of them, but but the original, like you know, Born. What was the first one? Supremacy or yeah, Identity, yeah. and then Supremacy, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the Jason Bournes. So yeah, uh, I remember those being being really good. And I, but I haven't seen the Wicks or the. Uh, I don't think I've seen the Jack Reacher ones either. Oh, both good. So both I get to good. get those too. Uh, very cool. I, I would say the one for me is going to be um, either Shawshank Redemption, um, whenever that's on TV, kind of just can't help but watch it. And then uh, the other one would be Harry, any of the Harry Potter movies. I don't know why. They're just very addicting. So if they pop on and I don't have anything, like they're just great to throw on in the background or it doesn't matter where you are in the movie. You could start watching with 10 minutes left or an hour left or 25 minutes left of the movie. You can pick right up into any part of any of them and just kind of you know enjoy them. So. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I've seen one Harry Potter movie all the way through. Yeah, it was my generation. Obviously, was big into Harry Potter. That was when it was, you know, at its height. I was a late, late bloomer uh, Harry Potter fan. I guess you could categorize it as. I didn't watch my first Harry Potter movie until my twenties, and I got. Um, I don't know if it was my ankle surgery or my knee surgery. But I had nothing to do for like three weeks, and uh, so I just watched a whole bunch of movies, and that's the first time I watched the the Harry Potter series. I was like, all right, well, there's six movies I can, or eight movies I can kill, and so right. I just watched them one after another, and I guess, you know, we're like, all right, these are actually pretty good. These are fun. So I, I wasn't part of the initial craze, but jumped on late. They're fun. Oh, my kids want to go to Universal and go to the Harry Potter Oh, yeah. Area at Universal Studios down there in Orlando. We went um, to Universal once, and it was mayhem at the Harry Potter area. So it was it was right after it had opened, I think. And okay. so it was just chaos. We went down to ride more of the, the traditional rides, but since we were there, we went and checked out the Harry Potter thing. But it was just way too crowded to truly 
to truly enjoy it. And I think they've expanded it even more since we went down there. So it's been probably be pretty cool to go back down and see that again. Go get some butter, butter beer at the tavern. Maybe there you go. They have it. They have it there. So check it out. Uh, well, there you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And now we need to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Our mailbag question this month comes to us from Doug. Doug says, I don't like my 401k investment options, but my company says I'm not eligible to roll the money to an outside account. I know people who have moved their 401k in the past. So how does this work? All right, Doug, this is a good question. And this is, you have to be very careful because this is something that you could mess up and create some serious tax liabilities for yourself. But uh, what they're referring to is a in-service rollover. So if you're working in a company and you reach age 59 and a half and the plan has this provision in it, which most do, you are actually able to roll over your 401k to an IRA while you're still working. You can do all or part of it. So if you've got $300,000 in your 401k, you could move 200 in an in-service rollover. There are some rules and different things that I'm not necessarily going to get too much in depth here. But if you're under age 59 and a half, that may be one reason you're not able to do that. But some other, and obviously if you separate from service or you leave your job, you can roll the money over too. But you might want to think about most 401k, some are going to have some real limited investment options. Most 401k plans are designed for the accumulation phase of your financial life. So they're meant for people in their 20s and 30s, just throwing cash in there, using stock investments and just kind of letting it ride. And they dollar cost average or putting money in every paycheck. But when you get close to retirement, a lot of people really start looking at their 401k options and realize, boy, there's not a lot of good options to go besides stocks. So that's one of the number one reasons why people will do those in-service rollovers. But if you're not age 59 and a half and you're not eligible, you might want to ask if your 401k has the option of having a self-directed brokerage account attached to it. So sometimes within your 401k plan, you can basically open a brokerage account and buy anything that you want inside that brokerage account. There's usually going to be added fees and some more expenses associated with it. But a lot of the times, if you're not able to do it, then you could do that and kind of accomplish the same thing, but do it inside that 401k plan. Really good question, Doug. Thanks for sending that one in. That's a common question, isn't it, uh, Scott? I imagine you got kind of 401k questions from a lot of your clients. Well, yeah, because you know a lot of people, the majority of their 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 net worth and their assets are wrapped up in their 401k plans and they want to protect it. They want to make sure that, boy, you know, I've accumulated a million dollars in my retirement plan and it's the most of what I have. And if I lose it, I may not be able to retire when I want. So protecting that that asset becomes a higher priority the closer to retirement you get. And unfortunately, most of the plans don't have the tools in there to be able to do it. That's helpful and good perspective once again. So, Doug, anybody else? You got questions about your 401ks, IRAs, overall retirement plans, financial questions, and the like? Reach out to Scott Searles. Again, go to talktoscott.com to schedule your time to meet. That's talktoscott.com or give a call to 888 742 0111. 
Scott, thank you for the help today, and uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you again soon. It's always a highlight of my day talking to you, Walter. Oh, man, we appreciate it. This is a lot of fun, and thanks to everybody for listening today. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Toolbox with Scott Searles. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.